0: Welcome to the Cruciform Life Church podcast, featuring the weekly sermons from our Sunday gathering. Please visit us online at www.cruciformlifechurch.org for more information. So open your Bibles with me. We'll be looking at Psalm 73 particularly verses 21 to 28. And that's where we will be this morning. As you go there, we would like, I would like to just thank those who have been working hard for us to celebrate this well today. They have been working the past few days just so that we can celebrate our anniversary well this morning.
1: Please stand with me as I read Verses 21 to 28 of Psalm 73. Psalm 73 verse 21. When
0: my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, It is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of your works. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you have been to us these past 12 months. Thank you that you have been teaching us that our real treasure, Lord, is not what we have here on earth.
1: But our real treasure is You. And our
0: prayer, Lord, is that You will make this truth clearer to us, even as we study Your Word. Holy
1: Spirit, we trust in You, that
0: You are truly our teacher, as Your Word will be preached in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. It's odd to start my sermon this way, but I have forgotten to um, welcome those who are here for the first time. Uh, We want to welcome you. We thank you that you have come here this morning. Now, when I was young, we have a TV in our house. I grew up in the province. And for those of you who are quite old already, if you're around 40s, you can relate to me. There was this TV before, a big one, where, it has a cover. You can close it and open it if you want to watch it. Those who are nodding your head, you are not a millennials. You know. We have that one. And in, in the province, there are only a few houses who has those kind of TV. And so I can still remember, we were already very happy. My, my, my neighborhood friends, we gather around our, our, our living room. It's Jump pack every time we we watch tv together and we were so happy although what we see there is black and white it it was good because regardless if you're a filipino or uh or an american it's either you're black or white but then i get to see as i was growing up i then saw you know colored tv and we were so happy that colored tv and then we begin to have the digital, and today we have the high definition, right? And so we went through those technological history, and if there's one thing we see in there, is that one thing that is the same could be more clearer as technology advances, isn't it? Now, I'm, I'm starting with this because as we look at Psalm 73 here, The truth that God is our treasure would not come like HD, you know, technology right away. It would start like an analog. We know that it is there. We know that He is our treasure, but it is not impacting our lives. But as we continue in our growth in the Lord, we begin to have a clear vision, a clear understanding, a clear picture that what I needed in life is God. Now, this is what we will be seeing in Psalm 73 as we study this one. This morning, Aesop had this experience wherein, I believe, in the heart of Aesop, he might have known that God is his treasure until this point where things get clearer to him. When the truth that God is his all-in-all, his good, his strength, and His God became clear, and that's our title today, our all in all, our God, our strength, and our good became a high definition, clear to Aesop. And I chose this passage for our anniversary because this year, I think if there's one thing, if there's one thing that God did with everything that we went through is to make clear that our earthly treasures will be here today and gone tomorrow, it's either they will leave us or we have to leave them, makes us realize that if we have one treasure in this life, and that is God. That is God. So let's look at Psalm 73. The the problem here with Aesop, or Aesop's problem in this psalm, is that he could not take it that the wicked are prosperous and the righteous were suffering. Now, it, it did not, what, like, like as we know there is a problem, but for Aesop, he was troubled to his soul. This became a, a challenge for his faith in the Lord. He reached to a point where he was almost giving up his faith because of this reality in this world. You look at verses 1 and 3, for example, Psalm 73. Here's what Aesop said. He seemed to be quoting what Israel said at the time. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. Muntik na siyang natisod. Yan yung point ni up there. Kamuntik niya nang bitiwan yung kanya face. For what reason, he then said in verse 3, for I was envious. What a godly man, no? It's it's hard to accept that we are envious, but Aesop said to us here plainly, I was envious. I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And Aesop was more picturesque when he wants to describe what's, what's happening in his heart. He wants us to really understand where he was at that point of his faith journey. If you look at verses 13 to 15 here, Aesop opened a Pandora box to us so that we would get to see what was happening in his heart at the time. All in vain have I kept my heart clean. And washed my hands in innocence. He was saying, I was trying my best not to be affected by this picture. But it was in vain. I could not keep my heart from being pure. Verse 14. For all the day I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. That word stricken there is the same as verse 21. When he said, when I was pricked in heart. He was greatly troubled. That's where Asaph was at the time. In fact, he said, there was so much turmoil within me, the only grace that God has has done to me is that God did not allow me to speak out because if I began to speak out, I would have made all of you stumble. I would have made the children of Israel stumble. That's his point in verse 15. Now The verse 16 is the pivotal point of the passage. And here, Aesop said, until I came to the sanctuary of God, until I went into God, and God in His goodness and grace made me realize two things, two realizations of Aesop here in Psalm 73. The first realization of Aesop is that it's the fate of the wicked, the destiny of the wicked. Aesop said that one in verses 18 to 20, that, that as they were enjoying, as the wicked were enjoying the things that they have, They were like people who have been put in a very slippery place, enjoying all these things, do not even understanding what is about to happen. And in a moment, God would destroy them. That's the faith of the wicked. And then he understood the faith of the righteous. The destiny of the righteous. The destiny of the believers. In verses 21 to 24. And here in verses 21 to 24, Aesop began to realize the love of God to be exact, the unchanging love of God for him. Or maybe the unchanging love of God for him despite of him. And understanding this constant love of God for him made Aesop realize made Aesop realize that my real treasure is not the things of the world I would not consider myself as a person of treasures by the things of this world, but I would consider myself as a person who have the greatest treasure because I have God. Because I have God with me. I would like to draw two things from verses 21 to 28 today. Pertaining to God being our everything, pertaining to God being our all in all. Verses 21 to 24, the basis of seeing God as our all in all. The basis of seeing God as our everything. Verses 25 to 28, the proofs of seeing God as our all in all. How how can we say that God is our everything? We will see that one in verses 25 to 28, where we see that Asaph is saying that God is his God, his strength. And is good. So let's look at the first one. The basis of seeing God as our all in all. Why do we need to see God as our everything? Why in all the things that we perceive in life, the, the needs that we see and perceive, why do we have to consider God as our all in all? That's what I want to answer in this point. And what do we find? Here, in verses 21 to 24, is basically that despite of our awfulness, despite of our sinfulness, despite of our faithlessness, God remains faithful. God remains faithful. We realize this, this spiritual condition of, the, of Aesop in verses 21 to 22. He, he suddenly... Realized his spiritual condition when he was questioning God. Verse 21 to 22. When my soul was embittered. When I was pricked in heart. I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast
1: toward you. Now he was looking back here.
0: He was looking back to that time when before he realized the faith of the wicked and the faith of the righteous, when he was questioning God, he was looking at that time, when he had the audacity to doubt the goodness of God, when he almost gave up his faith as he confessed in verse 2, when he cannot take what God is doing, he could not take it. What are you doing? Verses 13 to 15. He began to see how he looked before God at that time. So think of those times that our faith is challenged and we question God. We might be able to relate to Aesop here that that's how we looked before God when we were questioning the Lord. We have to understand that the struggle of the psalmist here, again, is like those times that we really did not understand our situation to the point that It is affecting our hearts. It is affecting our inmost being. It's not like I have some questions. It's not like I don't understand. It is beginning to be, your soul is beginning to be troubled. Several expressions were offered
1: to explain verse 21. One said,
0: It is like the heart of the psalmist was run over. Imagine a heart being run over. Another one said he was shocked to the depth of his being. Still another one said, my innermost being made me ill, like Aesop is sick within. And one last said, in a rather simple way, I had a deep pain in my heart. That's where Aesop was. And we have here a picture of someone who stopped coming to church because not only he did not understand what was happening, he was greatly troubled by it. He is greatly pained by the situation.
1: Why are you allowing these things to happen, Lord? But now that he understands things,
0: he realized as he looked back onto the time, and what did Aesop see? Not an intellectual person who who was able to logically present a good case before God, that God is wrong in his dealing with the righteous and the wicked. No, that's not what Aesop realized there. When Aesop looked back, he realized how awful he was.
1: That's what Aesop realized there. I was brutish and ignorant.
0: These were not descriptions of a godly person. You are brutish, you are ignorant. That doesn't seem to be a description of a godly person. Brutish here is like the second line of
1: verse twenty-two. Beast
0: I often joke on this passage because as Filipinos, sorry for this, but there we hear this when there are fightings, Hayupkah. <laughs> and I hope you will not reach to the point that you're saying that to that person, but Aesop did not say it to another person. He is saying to himself. And ignorant means stupidity, a fool. It's the book of Proverbs, again, does not use it to describe a believer, but unbelieving. One author commented, what is being said is like, An animal-like stupidity. It is another thing to be stupid, which many times we are. It's another thing to be stupid like an animal. This is Aesop's subtle way of admitting that there was no difference between him and the wicked at the time. There was no difference. He was as dirty as the wicked. In fact, he exemplified an animal-like stupidity that best described the wicked in verses 4 to 12. If you look at verses 12 to 12, when he described the wicked there, they were foolish, they were oppressive, they were questioning the existence of God. But here he applied it to
1: himself. In fact,
0: the word nevirtiles in verse 23, if you look at it, tells us what Aesop realized he deserved is not verse 23 to 24, which is the unchanging love of God, but what he deserved is verses 21 to 22, or sorry, verses 18 to 20, to be destroyed by God like
1: the rest of the wicked. That's the flow of thought of Aesop. However, he knew that, I deserve to be destroyed like the rest of the wicked. However,
0: God showed him his unchanging love. This must have been very humbling to Asaph. I acted like the rest of these wicked people, but instead of God doing what he intends to do to the wicked people, he instead showed me his steadfast love. And isn't this true to all of us?
1: This must have puzzled Aesop
0: in a good way. How? Verses 23 to 24, we will see the attitude of God towards the psalmist, towards Aesop, despite of his spiritual condition. God showed him unchanging love despite of him. God's unchanging love despite of us. And notice carefully here the constancy. The constancy of God's care to Aesop. Nivertiles, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. God constantly held Aesop with his right hand. When I'm When Johnny and Brianna were quite young and we crossed the street, I make sure that I'm not holding them in my left hand. I make sure that I'm holding them with my right hand. That is to communicate to us that in all the strength of God, he protected
1: Aesop constantly.
0: And he constantly guided Aesop with his word. You guide me with your counsel. Notice carefully here that I use the word constantly because it is the sense of the verb. It is in its perfect tense, meaning to say, it is constant. It is always there.
1: And how did God
0: hold Aesop? How did God guide Aesop all throughout this, this time? He said here, because I am continually with you. And this is really beautiful because God did not just send His people. God did not just send His angels. God did not just do all these things. But He said, I am continually with you.
1: I, I understand that
0: because when I was sick before, and my mother, who's a loving mother, would send me lunch, send Uh, This is what I love when I was young orange and egg. But as it reached our house, and I'm happy, there's a longing in my heart that, that my mom shouldn't have just sent these things to me. I want her to be with me. And this is the picture here God did not just send help, He was with Aesop. And this explained why Aesop.
1: Though in his confession, almost stumbled
0: and slipped. I, I think Aesop, when he was there, he was really about to decide to just give it up. And the explanation, the only explanation that Aesop did not give up his faith is because of this constant love of God towards Aesop.
1: It was because while He was already letting go. God is still holding him. The beauty of this
0: unchanging love of God is the fact that God did this. Listen to this. It's another thing to say, God hold me and God counseled me and God guided me. God is with me when we think we have obeyed him. The beauty of this and changing love of God is that it happened when Aesop was displayed, an animal-like
1: stupidity.
0: I was looking at this and I say, ah, this is my God, this is such a good news to me, and I'm, I know this is a good news to you who are also guilty so many times like Aesop. Questioning God of His ways. But thanks be to God that His love does not change. His commitment towards us does not change. Even in those times that we are the worst of sinners. For if God's love
1: depends upon our love towards God. Where would we be today? How
0: could God show such care for Aesop at a time when he was no better than the wicked. It was already hard to understand why God allowed the prosperity of the wicked and the suffering of the righteous the even more harder to... Even more pa harder pa. The the hardest to understand is when the equally
1: wicked... Is the equally wicked enjoyed
0: such an unwavering care of God? We are looking for answers. If we look at the degree of wickedness, maybe God loved me because, yes, I'm wicked, but I'm not as wicked as the wicked. What is There must be one explanation that will settle this question. And it has nothing to do with Aesop. It has nothing to do with us. The only explanation to this is God's love.
1: The nature of God's love.
0: And I was looking at it and I I began to ponder it. And I, I began to realize God must love Aesop because of another. Not
1: because of Aesop himself. He must have been committed to preserve Aesop because
0: of the coming Messiah. Like any any of believers, God must have shown him his unchanging love because he will later on pour his anger towards Aesop upon Jesus.
1: How do we understand this love
0: of God here? How did God displayed his love to Aesop. The love of God here is displayed in his commitment to preserve
1: preserve Aesop's face
0: as he sanctifies him. I, I like this. This is God's love displayed to us as believers that he will preserve us as he sanctifies us. As he puts us into the furnace, he will be with us. As Psalm 23 says earlier, Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are
1: with me. God would rather sanctify his people instead of giving up on them.
0: We're crying out loud, Aesop valued worldly treasure highly. That's the picture here. He valued worldly treasure highly, all the while having the greatest treasure. See that picture there? He was he was questioning God, he was pricked in heart because he said, Why? This the worldly treasure given to them. All the while, he never realized that the greatest treasure is with him, God himself. And is this not a problem for most of us? We look at our neighbors and we say, why do they get this? We look at them, our co-employees and, and we said, why are they at the best of health? Why am I getting this sickness? And we would have wanted to have all this goodness in the world. And we, even if we don't say it in our hearts, we are already questioning God. But, but the thing is that we never realize you have the greatest treasure in you.
1: And the truth of the matter, Aesop's faith
0: could have been totally destroyed. When he was there, just read Psalm 73 and you realize and you can relate to Aesop. He has given it up.
1: If not, of the presence of God. If God did not hold him, protection. If God did not
0: guide him, until he finally understand. Look at that picture. Until he finally understand what seemed to be life's most important lesson, yet very hard to understand, that God is our true treasure. Look at this picture. God allowed Aesop to go through that one for the very purpose that he wants Aesop to get to this point where he understands he, God is his treasure. But as he allowed Aesop to go through that, Aesop was not alone. And that's a beautiful picture of our Christian life. God continues to transform us into Christ. And the discipline of God is rather painful. But here is the beautiful thing about this because God knew our highest good is to be conformed into the image of His Son but He also knew we are so weak so that He will be with us as
1: He sanctify us. Seeing this love of God. Do we see this? Do we see this in our lives? Seeing this love of God. Made Aesop see his treasure.
0: That's why if I look at this pandemic, and God did not spare us. He allowed us to also experience the brokenness. Because He wants us to come
1: out as gold. I think today we are in a crash
0: course. Right? You know what's crash course when a four year course will be taken just two years. Your master's, it's supposed to be three years. You can only get it for one year, crash course. We are in a crash course right now. God is speeding, if there's such a word, our growth.
1: How did it happen that we are sustained in this pandemic? How did it happen that we are? kept up
0: until today, we are celebrating our first year anniversary. There's only one reason God was with us. He held
1: us with his right hand, and he guided us with his word.
0: Look at how the psalmist get emboldened and in his confidence in life. In verse 24b, look at the change of tense. He said, you hold me with your right hand. You guide me with your counsel. That's what he experienced. And then it changes to the future. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Which means the things that he experienced from God made him confident of an unbroken communion with God. They said, Psalm 73, 24b, Is not really talking about life after death. And yet the essence of it still talks about unbroken communion with God. Aesop's point here is that if God did not leave me when I was brutish and ignorant, then here's the realization, it can never be that God would ever leave me. When God had all the reasons to leave me because I was like the wicked, yet he did not leave me, then Aesop's realization is that God would never leave me at all.
1: The basis, the basis of seeing God as our all in all
0: is God's unchanging love towards us who believe in Christ Jesus. That's the basis. The cross is the basis why we see God as our all in all. So it, it, it calls us to think of this church. Has your experience of God's faithfulness, when God was still faithful to you, when, even though you were unfaithful to Him,
1: made you see that this is something no treasures on earth could ever give. Has that made you realize that this kind of love is
0: the only kind of love that will give me this security? That my success could not give me this security. My worldly treasures could not give me security. My parents could not give me security. My children could not give me security. The love of God is the only thing that can give me this kind of
1: security. So that's how
0: Asaph... Now let's look at the proofs. Like Pastor, you're saying that Asaph made God his all in all. What's your point? What's your proof to that? What's your, What are your proofs for that? This is our second point. The proofs that we see God as our all in all in verses 25 to 28. It is clear though there that God is everything to Asaph. He desired nothing but God in verse 25. God must be our God. He needed nothing to be preserved in life's difficulties, but God's stress, our strength. He will go nowhere for his safety but to God in verses 27 to 28. That's our good. Let's look at verse 25 and we see that Aesop looks at God as his God. I'm using God here. God is his God, meaning God is his treasure. Because if we find things as most important, then that's your God. Verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Look closely to
1: the text. The psalmist speaks not of relativity. The psalmist speaks of absoluteness.
0: Ano pong ibig sabihin Pastor? The psalmist did not say that God is above all, while it is a clear implication of what he said, and mean that he has all these needs, but God is my number one need. That's not what the psalmist says. That God is one of his needs, the greatest need. He actually separated God as the only one
1: whom he has in heaven, and the only one that he desires on earth. Come to think about it, with all the grandeur in heaven, God, Aesop said, God alone is my treasure.
0: And by the way, the first part of verse 25, which is stated, whom have I in heaven but you, it speaks of possession. That in heaven, with all those things around, there is only one that he possessed. There's only one treasure that he considers.
1: It's God. And with all the brokenness here on earth,
0: as you look around, you see, I need this. When can I have this? As we see the lot, the pain, the sufferings. Don't we want to just have the health? Don't we want to just have no problem? Don't we want to just have to be successful? Aesop,
1: with all the brokenness on earth, he desired nothing at this point but God. So, so listen to me closely. Aesop is not saying, I have all these needs, but God is my greatest needs. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, God is all I need. And if I have God, that's more than enough. Heaven and earth,
0: by the way, in the scripture, it's like what they call as us, in other words, like a book end on the farthest end and book, another bookend in the farthest end. And it includes everything in between. Which, Ace of Space, there's no space in the space continuum. There is no space that I would consider as, or in all of this space God created,
1: I desire God alone. He looked no more on the things of this world,
0: didn't he? He started with saying, Oh, I love what the psalmist, the people in this world have. I want to be successful too. I, do, I want to have the best health too. I want to have that carved, you know, stomach too. and I want that six bucks too. I also want to, be, to afford how it is to take away some of my pots on the side, but I could not af- afford to do that. I also want that, but when he realizes this love of God, Asaph said, I was so wrong.
1: Now I desire nothing but God. We know that in the
0: Scripture, Scripture is trying to make us see that if you really consider God is your God, then you desire Him
1: only. One thing have I asked.
0: This I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. O oh God, You are my God. Earnestly I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. in My flesh faints for You in a dry and weary land. David did not have anything there in the, in the wilderness. But he said,
1: I desire you, my flesh faints for you. Which begs us to ask ourselves, what do you desire now? What do we desire the most? What is that one thing that if I'll get this one thing, I'm good, I'm okay.
0: Look at the absoluteness of God's... Of, or or when, when Aesop says it here, very absolute, God alone, speaks of God's sufficiency. Like God is sufficient. God is enough. And I want to present two sides of the coin when we say God is enough. The first side of the coin, God is sufficient because we know with God, everything will be supplied. Right? Like if you go to some... What, 27 Verse 4, after he said, One thing I've asked, he then said, For God would protect me. Like, God is sufficient. I don't need armies because God will protect me. So, one thing, God is sufficient because we know we have God, He will provide. The other side of the coin, when we say God is sufficient, it also means God is enough even if He would not give us those things.
1: Even if He's all that you have.
0: And then we realize this separates God from everything. You cannot say that one to your marriage. So long as you and I are together, me, you and me against the world, that's enough. No, wake up.
1: Your relationship is not enough. You can say,
0: if I can only get these things, I'm, I'm okay in life. No. These These kind of treatment cannot be applied to any other things but to God alone. Because God alone is sufficient.
1: Because of your steadfast love is better than life. David said, my lips will praise you. Because your steadfast love is better than life. If we truly see God as our all-in-all, we should see Him as our treasure. We should see Him as our God. Not earthly things.
0: And I would say this has been true to us this past 12 months. There are things we do not have anything in our hands as a church. And if we do not have anything anymore in our hands, in our bank account, should we stop because we do not have those things? Oh, let us not forget church. Even if we deplete our bank accounts, we have the greatest treasure.
1: Next, we will know that God is our all in all if He is our strength. Verse 26. My flesh
0: and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever.
1: Nothing assures the preservation of our faith,
0: but God alone. Nothing assures us of the preservation of our faith, but God's love towards us. Asap desired the things of the world. Life was hard, and he thought that the solution to the hardship, and so having a hard time right now worshiping God because of all these problems, and the solution for my faith to continue is that God will take away all these problems. Change the situation, Lord. Make me prosperous and let the wicked suffer and it is easy to worship you. Don't you hear yourself? He would, surely would have thought, I would not stumble in the face if I'm not suffering. This is hard to swallow.
1: But now he realized that it is not about
0: not having the problems. It is not about being prosperous. He then realized that what he needed so he can run the race and finish his race is not a life-free of problems, but that God is with him as he goes through those problems to strengthen him. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant, I was like a beast toward you, never, never to I am continually with you, you hold my right hand, you guided me with your counsel, and afterward you received me to glory. With this faithfulness of God towards him, when he was the worst of sinners, made Aesop realize that if there... It's one thing he needed to be preserved in the face, this love of God towards him. I like this. Aesop got the secret to life. And the secret to life is not to do everything so that you will not have problem. Well, we will do everything so we will not fall into problem. But the secret of life, to life is God continuously supplying us the strength we need as
1: we go through those problems.
0: The psalmist knew, Aesop knew, that there will be still more situations that will come to him and he would surely lose his heart again. He would not have the courage again to face these situations. My heart and my flesh may fail. He knew that as I continue in this life, I would still see my flesh, my heart would be failing. He probably thought I would go back to that point in verse 22 again. Like, have you ever thought about it? You, you overcame one thing and you thought I would never go back to that only to find out that you're back at square one. You'll be at that point again. Should I continue in the face? But this time he realizes this that God is the strength of my heart. I would lose strength. But God would not fail to provide me the strength that I've been needing in all these situations. This is Aesop's version of Paul's beautiful confession, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? Both beautiful. Aesop said, My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is to strengthen my heart. It's beautiful. It's worthy to be sung. But Paul's version is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If earlier we're talking about God's sufficiency itself, here Aesop is talking about the sufficiency of the strength of God.
1: His strength will fail, but God's will not. This confession of Aesop is
0: the same situation that Paul had in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, if you may go there, verses 10 to 13.
1: I realize I do not have
0: my watch and I do not have my cell phones. And so if you think like you are overstaying in the pulpit pass, uh, just hold on your tummies. And I would read that I'm, I've been here too much, too long. Philippians 4, 10-13, it says, I rejoice in the Lord that now at length you have received, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now, now that I am speaking of you indeed, so apparently they supported Paul again. For I have learned in whatever situation that I am to be content. Highlight that word content. That's the word Keyword word for this passage. I know how to be brought low and I know how to be abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. What's that secret? The secret to be content. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is like saying here, having Christ is greater than the greatest stoic. And what's the stoic? In our time, we would say it is ito yung mga pinakamatiisin sa buhay. Yung may mga tao lang po talagang sobrang matiisin. The stoic were like that. Their philosophy in life is whatever life throws at you, make sure you remain standing. The word content in verse 11 is key to understanding because Paul borrowed this from the stoics. This is his word. This
1: is their word. But Paul uses it
0: here with a twist. That for them, they were content, whatever situation they are, because they believe they have that strength. But Paul is saying, we are also content, and we can go through life's abundance and scarcity, health and sickness, because we are also content, but not because of our own strength, but because of the strength that Christ continuously provides for us.
1: So the key to faith journey is not mastering all your faith.
0: Because it will fail. He said, my flesh and my heart may fail. Nor being in abundance all the time. Because there will be times of scarcity. Nor wanting to be the best of health. To be in the best of health at all times. Because times of sickness will come. But that God will
1: be the strength of our hearts. And that's why
0: Aesop then took an inventory. He was like, God is the strength of my heart. He took an inventory. I have bank account. I have people who can help me. I have my family. I have health. He looks at it and he says, what will I get from all of this? What, what do will I get as my portion? And when he understands, only God can strengthen him in the lowest of life. If you may, he said,
1: I choose God as my portion.
0: God is our strength. How many times that our money is no longer enough to strengthen us in our problems this year? How many times that our relationships are no longer enough to strengthen us in our problems? How many times you and I are no longer enough for the problems that we face? How many times do we know that only God can help us in
1: our problems? God has been our strength this year. And to be honest, as a pastor, there were times I want to throw in the towel. You know, there are
0: hundreds of churches out there. Surely you can get one. A good one, and I will also get one for myself. Surely we were at the point of wanting to give up. Our hearts and our flesh
1: failed. But God was the strength of our hearts. Thirdly, our good. If God is our
0: all in all, we find Him as our good. Verse 27 For behold, those who are far from You shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Sinners will have no place of safety from God's own wrath, but to God himself. Come to think about this. God is angry to sinners. And sinners is supposed to run from that anger. But where do you run? You don't run as far as you can from God because there is no farthest end that God could not get you. The only place to go for our good is to go to Him
1: in all our humility. The psalmist has already
0: said that God is His treasure, His strength, and His portion. And here in verses 27 to 28, Somehow gave us the reason why you find God's strength and his portion. In fact, he said, for behold. It's like saying, aha, this is because this is what I understood with what
1: I have experienced. And
0: look at what he said here. He realizes this, and this is beautiful. That he can run like the unbelieving. They can run as far as they can from God. If you are a sinner and you want to run as far as you can from God, he said, they will perish. Those who are far from you, they will perish. Why? He gave us an explanation in the second part of verse 27. He said, They will perish because God will put
1: an end to everyone who is unfaithful to Him.
0: David had this profound understanding When he said in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shawl, you are there. If the wings of the morning and dwell in the most utter parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light About me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Where do you run from that kind of God? Because of this truth, no one can run from God. Aesop realized that it is not running as far as we can from God to be safe. It is running to God. It is drawing ourselves to God. The only way sinners can be saved from the wrath of God, and in fact, the only way believers can be saved from the turmoil in life, is not to run from God, but to
1: draw near to God. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my place of safety. My refuge. How do you understand our salvation?
0: Have you understood that you are a sinner and you are in a danger because this God hates not only sin,
1: but He hates sinners. Because God
0: do not just throw sin in hell. He throws sinner in hell. And while there is a grain of truth in God hates sin and loves sinners, the exact truth that we find in scripture is that God hates sinners and loves sinners at the same time. But if you do not run to him for your salvation, have you come to understand there was no, there's no place to go from this God who's angry at me because of my sin? But to run to His Son, but to run to Jesus where my sin has been punished completely so that now that my sin has been punished completely in the cross of Calvary, now I am safe from the wrath of God. Now I am safe from the anger of God because His anger towards me has been fully poured out in the life of His Son, in the... the, in His Son, Jesus Christ. If you understand that you are a sinner and there's not one, there's not two, there's not three, there's not four, there are not five, there are not six places of refuge. But there is only one place of refuge at the foot of the cross. And you cling to this cross of Christ with whatever life would, throw at you pandemic problems, family disputes and family problems. I know that I can only be saved in Christ Jesus. And this is the one thing I would never give up. And if you have understood that one, which means you are saved,
1: you are a true believer, would you now change it?
0: Now that you are a believer? Now that I am saved, and I have a problem. Would I now run somewhere else for my safety? When you have already understood the real safety, real refuge would be on God. If you understood the gospel, if you understood the gospel, you're a Christian, you understood the gospel, you went through different difficulties in life, you have already understood where to go. It is still the same place of safety and refuge. I like the psalmist here, or let me just quickly read Paul here. This is how Paul thinks. Romans 5, 6 to 10, Paul said, For while we were still awake, right at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For no one will scarcely die for righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even would dare even to die. I doubt, more so that I doubt that there is one righteous person out there. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And look at the logic in verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? For if while we were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So Paul is saying, he was saved by God from his wrath, from his own wrath through Christ. And now that I am believer, how much more? In other words, keep on running to Jesus.
1: Keep on running to him.
0: And as Aesop, look at that. I like Psalm 73, 28b and 28c, he said, I have made the Lord my refuge. And there's a long pause supposed to be there because you have made the Lord your refuge and then you experience the security. You experience the peace that God can give when you humble yourself before Him. Every Christian would know exactly that there is no one here on earth can give me such peace and security but God alone. And as we experience it, as we experience this, the security of God, this salvation of God, this peace of God, as we, in our heart knows exactly whatever would happen,
1: I am secure. Then,
0: Aesop said, if you really experience this the way Aesop experienced, then I will tell of God's works. I will tell people who are, who are in fear right now. I will tell people who are insecure of life. I will tell people who are in pain right now. I will tell people who have lost their job and they do not know where to go. I will tell people who are like people without a shepherd, harassed and dispirited. That there is only one place to find your safety. In the cross of Calvary. A church who understand the gospel. He is is a church who proclaims the gospel. Because how could you not proclaim the gospel when you experience the safety and the security that the gospel has put into your life? How can you listen to a person who says, I will work hard all my life so I would feel secure when you know exactly you will never feel secure unless you turn to Jesus? How can you listen to him and not tell him that you are wrong? You are dead wrong. I have found out where to find safety and security. How can we understand? How can we dig deep into the depths of
1: the gospel? And not care
0: about missions. Church, we are celebrating our anniversary. Because we want to proclaim. In the midst of all these destructions and everything, we want to proclaim
1: that there is a place a sinner can find refuge. God is our good. He has been our
0: good. If there's one thing that God has been showing to us, the goodness of God, is this. In all our struggles,
1: He taught us how to turn to Him. This is the only thing we did this year. Because we have understood that our good is God.
0: Understanding how important the unchanging love of God to the preservation of our faith inevitably results to seeing God As our all.
1: He is our God. He is our strength. He is our good. Our gracious Heavenly Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you have been our God. And you have been our strength.
0: We owe everything to you. But with all the blessings you have poured on us. One thing, Lord, one thing that we want to thank you for this year. From an analog view to an HD
1: picture, you have made clear to us that you are our treasure. That you are everything to us. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Cruciform Life Church podcast. Check out more gospel-centered messages at www.cruciformlifechurch.org or subscribe to this podcast at Spotify.